Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I am your announcer, Reverend James of FolkConjure.com, located in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjureman of ConjuremanConsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by a special guest. Brother Christopher of RuneWorker.com in California, bringing us today's Oracle Hour topic on the Dice Reading, Part 2. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Einwood and Conjurman. Miss Kat? Hi. Thank you, Reverend James. Um, how are things in the wonderful world that you inhabit in North Carolina? Things are going really well. I've gotten lots of candles going in our ministry um, at at folkfaithministries.com. And this past weekend, we got to meet up with uh, Elle Duval, another AIR member. So we got to spend some time with her. She's a great person. She's very bubbly and nice. So if you you have uh, an interest in seeing her and you... uh, seen her on air and you've been wondering if she might be a good worker, I definitely recommend her. Great. I'm glad to know that you uh, met up with her. That's really neat. Um, Well, things here have been busy, busy, busy. It's been a a fantastic week for uh, hoodoo psychics. My God, the number of calls has been overwhelming. And um, just uh, amazing. I'm very grateful for all the attention, all the interest, and all of the calls. Just thank you all, and thank you to Deacon Millet for running Hoodoo Psychics. And um, he does a giveaway every Monday where you can get a free reading. So that's really cool. And, um, you know, check it out. Go to Facebook on Monday and go to Hoodoo Psychics page. I don't know how many of the calls I got uh, this week were from free reading giveaways that he's done. I know one of them was, but it's just been amazing, and he uh, he deserves all the credit for that. Things here have been um, hopping uh, with walk-in customers and people from the past and just all kinds of strange. Um, I did a reading, astrology reading for a couple who had the two weirdest charts that I'd seen in 10 years. And just when I was done, an astrologer walked in, first time in the shop, and I said to her, I can't stand it. I've just got to show you these charts. I didn't tell her anything about it. 
And she saw the same thing I did, and she was like, wow. And I said, you know, what's so interesting about these charts is the patterns that they make. And she she said, yes, that's what I do too. And I said, yeah, I, I studied with Dane Rudyard. And she, of course, is much younger. She had never, he was no longer alive to teach her, but she was studying in the school founded by Dane Rudyard and actually came from a place about 10 miles away from where I used to study with Dane Rudyard. So it was like small world time. And uh, we just had a wonderful bonding. So I've made a new astrology friend. That was cool. And... Um, Gee, the forum has been hopping. Um, the little intro that James gave says, uh, you know, come to the forum and sign up and, you know, you can get a free reading. And we also give these prizes away every week. So we have a winner. Friday's prize um, was the uh, John St. Germain um, a special with the, um, the Crystal Magic and the Lithomancy books. And um, we have two winners, and they are Ashley K. Buey and Melissa B. Reed. And they were selected on the basis of their comments and, you know, the interest that we had in their comments. And the funny thing was that I read the Melissa B. Reed thing, and then I looked her up, and I I recognized her face right away. She lives real close to us, and she also had been in the shop this past week. So instant reward for Melissa B. Reed. Every week we do these um, Facebook Fridays giveaways, so come on over to our Facebook page and just write something coherent and friendly and you may win a prize also ignore the people who tell you you have to go to their page to get the prize and give them your registration or your or your social security number or your credit card they are fraudulent they are not us well that's it for me um yeah um, be aware of scammers and um Reverend James posts, you will never be asked to go to a separate website other than Facebook, and they will never ask for your credit card number. That is so true. And Facebook won't take these guys down. And they are what are called spoofers. They are not hackers. They've never gotten into our site. They just are parasitical spoofers. And um, that's the truth about them. So now we're going to go and check in with our almost late to the party <laughs> conjurement. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. I almost pulled in this cat huffing and puffing, making it here at the last minute. For whatever reason, I was having such difficulties with Blog Talk Radio. I don't know about y'all, but Blog Talk has actually been dropped me out a couple times very quietly from the, the queue and I've had to call in. But luckily, Nagashima was quick on the draw and just as I was hearing uh, your show will begin, and, and he's here unmuted. <laughs> I was I made it right at the, at the last minute. I missed you all last week, and I'm I'm happy to be here this week. It's been a pretty hectic uh, week. Uh, I like you had a very interesting uh, astrology client, but mine was not about relationships. Mine was about work. Uh, it was a person who couldn't seem to hold a job for a, a very long time. Every time they got a job. They would sort of uh, lose the job almost always within six to eight months. Like it was perfectly. And so after several times that this has happened, they're like, maybe this might be something astrological. Uh, And so they came to check their chart because this was just too 
two on the clock, as we say, right? Like every job they got was almost, with the exception of one, I think, that lasted a whole year. Every job was lost within six to eight years, and it was either they got uh, laid off or for something really silly, like uh, the, or the business went under. Never, never, like they were the cause of it. They just didn't understand what it was. So they came and they got this astrological reading, and like your, like your case, it was one of the ones where I had not seen something as strange as like that before. I was sort of mm-hmm. uh, looking at it, and it was a very clear affliction of their 10th house uh, where Mars was, and it was casting a pretty nasty aspect to uh, the ruler of their 10th house. Uh, so both job elevation and money was being afflicted here very, very clearly, uh, and Mars was the major malefic in their turn. So it was an instance of, of remediation. So we're doing some uh, remediation work, and we'll see if we can get this situation resolved. I'll let you all know in six to eight months if we're if we're victorious and we've overcome this 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 scenario. But it was a it's definitely been an interesting week for clients, and super excited to be working with all of them. Yeah, uh, you know it's been interesting. Um, I've I've uh, you know I do whatever form of reading I'm asked to mm-hmm. do. And right. um, for a long time, I was only asked to do tarot. Like, nobody asked for anything else. Then um, I began to talk with you, Conjurman, and also mm. with William Stickevers about astrology, and also with Deacon Millet. And we'd mention astrology on the show. And slowly, people began to seek me out for astrology, and you too oh, as well. And, um, and we have... Um, really kind of um, up-leveled our um, astrological readings. By the way, if that is my dear husband typing, could you mute yourself, please? Thank you. <laughs> it's, um, oh, it got muted. Oh, it says not me. Okay. Well, oh, I'll bet I know who it is. Okay. Whoever it was typing, thank you for muting yourself. Um, I'm guessing it was our guest so let's bring him in um, but yes he just typed brother christopher my bad you know it's funny brother christopher because most people have these silent keyboards but i recognize that sound of keyboard that's an old-fashioned keyboard for people who still like to go clickety clickety and i've been um i've been criticized for it nagashiva has been criticized for it a lot of people like to hear that click all right i like to hear uh, it actually i'm it's, it's yeah. a soothing sound for me for some reason it's it's one of those ASMR, you know, autistic repetitive oh, clickety click things. Yeah, the railroad train going by. Um so <laughs> having gone sideways on that, welcome <laughs> to the show, Brother Christopher, Ooh. you and your keyboard. <laughs> welcome, yes, welcome. I I like the clickety keyboard. It's just I don't know, it when there's when I make contact and I see the screen respond, but I don't hear something, I'm just like, wait, oh, hold on, wait, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's so strange because, of course, on my end, like even on my phone, like I don't hear any background sounds, so I don't know what's coming through, if my microphone yep. is picking up sound or anything. But I went and I was listening to the the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour a year ago about dice reading. And I was like, what is that sound in the background? And then I'm like, it's a keyboard <laughs> clicking. That's, 
it is definitely somebody typing. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So when yeah, you're well, like, I now you're in. Clack, I was like, oh, oops, my bad. That's my turn. Tag, tag, you're it. Well, um, let's um, get to our topic because we did a show on Dice Reading Part 1 with J.D. And shout out to J.D. J.D. is in the chat. And maybe oh, we'll have cool. a few little comments. Yeah, so thank you, J.D. That was, by the way, a really cool um, show that we did. And it was in October 2nd. 2022, almost exactly a year ago. And so now we've got um, Brother Christopher with Dice Reading Part 2. So I'm just going to bring a little introduction to it, and we're going to talk just briefly. There are many kinds of dice, but there are, you know, uh, dice with numbers on them, you know, dots and spots. You can read two dice, you can read three dice, and then there are special dice that are multi sided and uh, there are dice for instance with all 12 signs of the zodiac and dice with the planets however many you wish to consider to be planets and um but usually they are are uh, will have 10 sides or whatever um for the 10 modern astrology planets there are dice that have words on them there are dice that um one of my favorite I collect them they are poker dice. They have card suits and numbers. There are also fabulous dice with um, different things like mugs of steins of beer and stuff. And you roll, they're sometimes called bar dice. And um, you get to kiss somebody or buy them a beer or whatever, depending on the way that those bar dice roll. Um, so Having said all of that, I'm going to turn this over to Brother Christopher, and I want you, Brother Christopher, to bring us your news from the world of dice oracles. So um, I have quite a few dice oracles um, that I picked up in various places and from various people and events. And one of the first dice oracles I learned that was sort of interesting and exotic um, I uses three four-sided dice, and the and the idea is is that the uh, four sides correspond to the four elements, and so you get a combination of you know earth, air, fire, or water, um, in three different locations, and then depending upon which combination that is, that gives you an answer. And I have a little kind of guide to like what those answers could be. Um, that and it was titled a quick divination method, and I found it very entertaining, and I also found it very useful. And so I've used it periodically for myself and for some other and some other clients on occasion um, when they just really wanted like a quick answer, a very straight one. Um, without having to explain sometimes how complex tarot symbols can be with just something that just says, you know, like, am I going to get married? And it just says, probably not. Or, you know, you will, but there's somebody working against you or, you know, something like that. And these dice give those kind of answers. So they're kind of fun in that way. And then last year I was at a shop and I saw this, little container. It was the last one left. 
and it was titled The Oracle of Eight. And it had this uh, little scrolled-up piece of paper on the inside. And inside the tube was four quite large eight-sided dice. And um, these oracles of eight called the Octagons of Fate. And on the cover of it, it showed this robed man sitting in the throne uh, tossing these eight-sided dice. And then it showed a picture of who was presumably thought to be a uh, royal, a woman of, of noble bearing in France, carrying a cake, walking to a guillotine. So I assume she was supposed to be... Um, oh Marie gosh, Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and there's a little... And there's a little saying that, you know, legend has it that Marie Antoinette through through this particular number combination saying that you'll be sorry for what you do and, you know, and she lost her head. So it was, I was like, oh, this sounds so entertaining. So I had to have it and I probably, promptly bought it and took it home and started playing with it and gave some free readings to Mama E and some other people because I was just like, oh, let's look at this. Let's try it out. And we found it very amusing and actually surprisingly insightful um, with the answers that came out. And, yeah, I, I, I like using it. I don't get to use it a lot. Um, but it's, it's so fun. And then um, I know, I forget when I saw this article, but there was some archaeological find a couple years ago of a 20-sided dice called an uh, icosahedron, one of the platonic solids. Um, and they found one that had Greek letters on it. And they figured it was probably used for divination, but they didn't know what, how it worked exactly. And they suspect that there was probably another piece to the puzzle um, where you would roll this 20-sided dice and, you know, whatever Greek letter popped up, um, there was some sort of guide or connection that then pointed to um, what that signified. And perhaps there is another system that used dice uh, that is described in the Greco papyri, the Greco Egyptian magical papyri that uses the lots of Homer, um, where mm-hmm. this one uses three six-sided dice, and depending upon the combination of dice, it gives you, you know, a selection of a reading from the epics of Homer. And so they suspect that this 20-sided dice may have been used in the same way, only starting with a Greek letter, and so that Greek letter then would tell you, you know, kind of that's the opening phrase that they used from the epic of Homer um, to, you know, make the decision about what it meant or whatever. But that inspired me. And so I have long been somebody who enjoyed tabletop role playing. And so I have a large collection of dice for that purpose and several D20s. And so I, one time out of amusement, I put together a system of divination using a single D20 with the numbers, you know, signifying various and different things. 
And so I, I have that. I've used that with friends on occasion um, where we had a D20 and in a moment, and I was like, hey, does anybody want to, you know, see what can turn up? And they, I've been pleasantly surprised at how accurate it turned out sometimes, unexpectedly. Um, but yeah, it was, there's, there's so many things you can do with dice and, and so many ways and dice that can be used for divination. And I just, I really love it. Well, I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat who pitched in with some uh, pictures of the oracles of eight. And, um, uh-oh, bad sounds in the background. So those do look, oh, and they're from Coplo. Oh, well, there you go. Um, Coplo uh, Dice are, are it's a good company, and I love their stuff. In fact, I was mentioning before, special dice oil. It, we have Coplo Dice, in genuine Coplo Dice in our de- special dice oil. I've never seen this game. It looks like... Uh, it's something that um, we probably need to get um, just for our own connection. So thanks for turning us on to that. Um, this is a, you, you guys in the chat were so fast bringing all this in. I really, um, I really en- enjoy the uh, having folks around while we do these shows. So big shout out to everybody. So I'm gonna. Um, Ask you, are you going to be reading today with the Oracles of Eight? Uh, yes. Yes, I can. Good, because mm. that's a new one to me. And I'm I'm um, going to, uh, you know, look forward to seeing how that reads. One of my favorites is the, um, I think it's 50-sided uh, die from the glass die from Czechoslovakia. It's got so many facets on it. It um, almost looks like a sphere, and um, they don't make them anymore. You can buy them antique ones. Let's hope that Nagashiva knows what I'm talking about and get us a picture of them. But this is the one that if you have bought the die, and it's just one die, um, you have a problem because you will not have the interpretation, and you have to... Um, get a copy of the instruction sheet that came with it. But it was a very popular dice reading system um, that was used in the 1920s, 30s. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? The Czechoslovakian glass 50-sided die. If no one knows... No. um, No. Well, uh, the problem is what happens with them, probably Miss Michael is going to go look it up, um, it, they, uh, they they lose their instruction sheets, and they are uh, just thrown into eBay, and nobody knows what to do with them. Ah, look at that. Ah, Miss Michael, she put up a link for it. Um, fantastic. What a great lady. Thank you, Miss Michael. <laughs> Um, it's a that that one is unfortunately kind of fallen out of favor, and um, yeah, there you can see them glass die, and they um, try finding one of the um, the instruction sheets. They do circulate. Um, I have actually even thought of putting the instruction sheet on my um, your weight and fate page, um, just for all the people who are looking for it. You know, but it's really a cool, cool um, one. JD said uh, another cool method 
Um, Geomancy uses a binary system with one or two dice. Oh, the Rommel dice, right? Yes. And, um, yeah, why don't you jump in with a little bit about the Rommel dice? Um, could you do that, Conjurman? Sure, happy to. So there are, there are dice divination does appear uh, in the Middle East. Like a lot of forms of divination, it's related to game playing. Uh, and so you find, for example, dice made out of knuckle bones, known as bujul. You have all these different sort of dice. But the most common dice, and the one that is almost never associated with game playing, are the Rommel dice. They're found predominantly in the Persian world. You can find them in places like Egypt. They're not as common. They're mostly in Persia and in India. And in India, they're known as uh, Ramul Shakti. They've got a different, a slightly different name to them. They're both uh, done for divination, and they either come as a single uh, bars or two bars. And what they are are four dice that are then connected by a bar so that you can spin the dice, and then you cast it, and it creates your binaries, ones and twos, threes and fours. And based off of that, you can generate the four, oh, mother, four mothers. Some of these dice are actually in pairs so that they have a little, two, they have a bar that connects the four dice together and then another bar that connects the two bars together so that you have two bars together, you spin them and you throw them and you can generate two mothers at the same time. So rather than casting this bar four times in order to get the four mothers, you only need to cast it twice. This is done to generate the sort of randomness of the four mothers. Once you have the four mothers, geomancy then takes over and you create the four daughters, the nieces, the witnesses, the judge, etc. And so there's like a way in which it all sort of unfolds from the four mothers, the four mothers birth it all. But you have to originally get those four random dots, if you will. And in geomancy, that was generally done with uh, a, uh, some type of stick in the sand or your finger in the sand, then eventually pen and paper, which is what I do when I'm out and about and like in the office and I want a quick geomancy pen and paper. But the Rummel dice is what I use on the air. So anytime you've heard me do geomancy on the air, because it would take forever if I to create 16 lines of random dots and then make those into the four mothers and then make the four mothers into the big chart, it would take forever. And by the time Ms. Cat finished her reading, I would have just gotten to the, the four mothers. So I actually <laughs> use the Rommel dice. I spin them and I throw them. I have two. And so I throw them twice. It creates the four mothers. And then from there, I'm able to really quickly create the chart. But there's also an interesting and some people use the Rommel dice without any connection to geomancy. So they're designed specifically for geomancy and people who practice it in the Middle East and in India. But there are people who don't practice geomancy but like dice divination. And so they will use it completely separate for where they will spin it, throw it, and then interpret the sort of figure that appears from that, but not connecting it to the geomantic figure. They simply interpret the dice in of itself. So you have this really fascinating dice divination and dice divination plus geomancy. Wow. Thank you, because that explained it better than anybody I know has ever <laughs> explained it. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and you're right. Creating a, a full chart like that does take some time. I found out that, by the way, with the 50-sided dice, that um, there is somebody still making 50-sided dice. Oh, wow. uh, um, and um, they are plastic, of course, and they're not 
glass. And that there also was a 32-sided <coughs> check one as well. So lots of different variations there. Oh. And, uh, you know, all of these dice oracles come under the the heading of sortilege in a way mm-hmm. because they, you are randomly assorting things. You are um, There's no connection between the question and the answer that makes any physical or scientific yes. sense. If you're dowsing or pendulum using or using dowsing rods, many people can say, well, it's not just spiritual. There's There's electromagnetic forces, which in fact there are, but you know, that's another story. And they can say, well, this is causing it to happen. Or if it's astrological, they can say, well, there may be cosmic rays or bouncing things or whatever. Their tarot is strict sortilege. You just shuffle and and, um, deal out cards. But even tarot has some um, limits. You know, you can add reverses. You can put out many cards. Um, Lenormand, again, a small, smaller deck than Tarot, but you can go for the Grand Tableau and put out all the cards. But all of these forms of reading are called sortilege, and that's an important thing to understand. They are not omens. It's not like you saw a flight of birds on a wire and counted the numbers between them or whatever, and or what species of bird they were or what they did. Um, sortilege is one of our oldest forms of uh, divination, and it's also yes. one of our most disrespected forms yes. because yes. it seems so random. And mm-hmm. so when you perform a sortilege divination, you will also often find yourself, if you happen to run around with you know, those people who are atheistic or scientistic, they will say, oh, you're just, um, you can make this do anything. Um mm-hmm. Or they'll say you'll, you know, your agreement with it is confirmation bias. So, mm-hmm. but they often will be stumped by astrology. They go, I don't get it. Why did that work? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and and they can go, well, maybe I just don't understand all the parameters. Maybe astrology. You know, I've known a lot of scientific people who do follow astrology and use it, quote, believe, unquote, in it but few of them will go with dice rolls. So when you're dealing in dice rolls, you're dealing with people who are looking for a divination and are prepared for what some people might call um, the hand of God or, um, you know, the the unknown. Right Mm -hmm. now we're getting a weird sound. What is that sound? Um, It sounds almost like like an airplane. Ah, oh, I think sound. that might be some traffic outside. Ah, mm-hmm. it's very reverby. Okay. Mm. Um, uh, the, you brought up a really good point. One of the things we've done on this radio show on the Oracle Hours is to talk about how divination falls into these different categorizations. And something that we've talked about in the past is the difference between interpretive and analytic divination, right? So interpretive divination revolves around some form of subjective interpretation, dream divination, card divination, uh, omens, those are all interpretive forms of divination. Analytic form of divination is when you analyze and there's a sort of systematization that happens, astrology, geomancy, those are all analytic forms of divination. Numerology is another form of analytic divination. But another way to categorize them, as you rightly point out, is sortilage versus observational. 
Observational would be astrology and omen. Sortilage would be cards, bones, dice, anything that has a sort of random component to it. You sort of see the meaning in the chaos, um, and that's where we find uh, dice divination. It's the type of sortilage. It's interesting because a lot of sortilage is generally connected with games, right? So card divination, tarot divination, all linked originally to some type of card game or card games even to this day. Uh, and same thing with dice. Dice are another one of those divinations. I really love that, Brother Christopher, you were talking about how your, your dice divination developed out of your love of tabletop games, right? Out of your love of having these dice and using them in games. And some people may go, oh, well, you, know, that, you know, oh, it's games, it's not real magic. But in actuality, it speaks to the real cultural roots of divination. That it's not just a separate thing that exists outside of life that priests and priestesses do, but it's a thing that folk people do, that they do in their daily lives. And so, yes, game playing, game tools, these are all incredibly powerful sources of divination. You're going to see how cool dice divination can be. Because people think of dice as gambling and luck and games, but it's like there's real power in the, in the divination of games. You made a good point. Uh, Sortilage is associated more with gaming and less with divinities, and unless they are divinities of gaming, Um, right? That's important um, to me. But in the religious context um, under which we kind of live currently, which is the European. Catholic influence, which has not mm-hmm. lost its grip on our culture, um, and also Protestant um, culture to a large extent, gaming with dice was seen as um, inherently wicked mm-hmm. or non-religious. It was suppressed. But in other religious cultures, gaming um, is not suppressed and yep. priestly reading of sortilage is absolutely allowed. There yep. are m- many sortilage books in the Jewish tradition. Geomancy is used in the Islamic tradition mm-hmm. without prejudice against it. And yep. there yep. are also in the African traditions, there are priests who read sortilage quote-unquote dice. They might not be dice in the shape that we would know it, but like Hakata, quote, dice, unquote, which are bones that are two-sided. You would call them two-sided dice or a series, but you have to have the whole set of them to read them. And I I wrote a book about this, and I'm just going to mention it, about some of the different forms of sortilage. The name of the book is Throwing the Bones, How to Foretell the Future with Bone Shells and Nuts. And I wrote that book um, in 2012, and I tried to show as many, uh, what you might call systems, I don't know if that's the right word, but as many types of sortilage as I could conveniently fit into a book of this size. And another one that we might want to talk about is Shagai, which is the Mongolian one that's done with um, four-sided dice, but you have to throw four of them at once, which multiplies the number of combinations you can have. And that um, uses um, astragalus bones or ankle bones of sheep. Sheep are raised in Mongolia 
in great quantities. And that is both a game, the game of Shagai, and it is a way of telling fortunes. Now, the biggest limitation on dicing as uh, a form of sortilege, and this, by the way, is what geomantic Rommel dice get away from, Mm-hmm. The biggest limitation is the, the small number of outcomes. Yes. And so this is this is where people get into multiple throws or throwing and reading more than two dice, like throwing three or four or whatever, and also building patterns on them, as is done in geomantic work, using dice or using spots on the ground. These forms of sortilege that give a very small number of answers can be interpreted, and then they can be um, expanded. You get you know, sort of your expansion pack, like with your I Ching, you know, yep. you're throwing and um, or pulling arrow stalks or throwing coins or whatever, and you get 64. There's 64 possibilities, right? But then there's the expansion set, and those are the changing lines, and then those have 256. <laughs> and so when you start getting to 256 answers, you're now able to really fine-tune the reading. So mm-hmm. speaking about dice from a reader's perspective, any of the systems that get up to 256 um, become hard for somebody to remember. And they generally are either done by consulting a book or a priest who undergoes years of memorization to get those 256 different answers. Dicing Mm -hmm. is um, something that anyone can do. You can flip a coin. That's a two-sided die, right? Heads or tails, right? And you can say, well, best two out of three, or, you know, best three out of five. You just keep going, and you could build up answers. But one of the things I really want to say is that the spiritual modality that you bring to it, we can say, oh, dicing is amusing, or dice readings can be fun, and they can be. But there is something also where you have to sit down with it and bring true spiritual energy into it. Ah, there's our music. <laughs> We're going to get some dice reading from Brother Christopher. Stay tuned to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man, and this week's special guest, Brother Christopher, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their spiritual divination, and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our call-in clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818 394 8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum and you have not already done so, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available and to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Reverend James, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our hosts. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Our caller is Drew, calling from area code 404. Drew, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. 
and you've indicated that you have had no other readings about this situation. Is that correct? Right. Okay, thank you. And she writes, my husband of 17 years and I are having marital problems related to our mismatched libidos. We became parents later in life and have a 10-year-old high-needs son who are both on hormone replacement therapy and I'm post-menopause. I don't want to have sex or know how to mend things or what to do. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. Wow. All right. Well, that's an interesting um, question, and thank you for your frankness. We rarely get such, um, um, what I guess I could say, honest questions. Um, so because um, we have um, a contraband who is interested in doing Rommel dice, Brother Christopher, who's going to be doing I think the Oracle of Eight dice. I'm going to um, uh, stick on to doing the root work because I wrote a book called Down Home Sex Magic, and I think I might be able to come up with a plan. <laughs> so take it away, uh, Conjurman, and if you would do the first reading. Uh, I would love to do a Rommel, but Rommel, as I mentioned, takes just a little bit of, of time. So uh, I'm going to have to do a, a card reading here just because uh, it, it, for me to generate the, the figures and then I can, I can generate the figures with the dice, but then I have to calculate out the, the uh, daughters and the nieces and the witnesses. So it's just, it would take just a little bit too much. Well, wait a minute. Then how about let's switch up because I got some dice here and I can do a dice reading. Okay. Oh, perfect. If you can do so, a dice reading. So yeah, I'll, I'll do a dice reading and um, and we'll just see what we get, okay? So, um, and I feel funny, you know, reading about this question. You know, what are you going to do? What is the what is the answer for you? Um, it's a it's a difficult question. And just uh, again, just before we get into the reading, I would like to ask, what is your sign of the zodiac? Oh yes, Miss Cat, I did email it in, but I'm a Cancer. And my husband is mm-hmm. Okay, great. And um, and your husband is a Sag. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to um, throw the dice. Now I'm using the British system, and I used this the last time we had a um, a show as well. The British dice system uses three items, and that gives you eight results. Excuse me, 18 results. I'm so sorry. And so what I do is I'm going to throw um, three dice, and we're going to see what we get. Okay. So counting up the spots is, um, you know, you basically get a number from one to eight, from zero, one, or two means no answer. It's a very interesting system because it immediately subtracts those. And what? how could you get zero? You're going to ask. How do you, could you get zero if you're throwing three dice? Uh, if they fall outside the circle. I didn't use a circle. I just used the space where my, I picked up my keyboard and I used the space occupied by my keyboard. If they'd fallen out, fallen onto the floor, fallen out of that area, that would have been zero spots. One spot would mean only one die showing a one. And two spots would be either one out with a one in with a two or both in with 
um, to ones. Those don't count, and we say, do not ask again today. You're done. But we didn't get that. I just want to explain this system and why it's unique. So totaling up the number of spots, I have 17. So this is the, the second highest number of spots you can get. And the meaning of this one is you are just a step away from heaven's blessing. The best number is 18. You're just a step away from getting all the luck you want. But in order to get there, it's that last little step, you have to change your mind about something that you think. Something about this kind of goes back to you that your thinking is not is standing in your own way. Now, I'm not trying to blame you for this, but it's like you haven't seen the picture completely. If the number was 18, it would be like straight, go ahead, no problem. You wouldn't have a problem. If it was a lower number, it's usually more negative. Just to give you an example, like if you had a total of six spots, um, it would be considered a loss and uh, you'd lose your possessions, you'd lose money, you'd lose your status, whatever. So 17 is good, but it says you kind of need a head adjustment. And um, this in particular refers to the current situation. So we're not talking like you need to go to therapy and re-examine your entire childhood or all of your life, but it does say that something about the current situation needs to be rethought. Now, I'm going to throw in an idea here. Since what you said is that um, you have no desire for sex and this is causing a, a problem, I'm going to say maybe what you need to do... Oh, I just noticed something. Wow. I got the number 17, and you guys have been married 17 years. That's really freakish. Oh, okay. wow. Wow. That's that's wild. Okay, just saying. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> but but you might want to consider um, that this is a two-way street, you know, um, and there are many ways to keep a partner happy. I'm just going to leave it at that, and Contraman can make of it what he wishes to. He's a pretty shy guy and probably won't say things as boldly as I would. But um, I... Um, I'm thinking that you need uh, an attitude adjustment here. You need to step over to his side of the fence and look at it from his point of view. Maybe he needs to step over and look at it from your side of the uh, fence too. So, okay, I'm going to turn this over to uh, Brother Christopher and see what he gets. Okay, well, I'm going to use the oracles of eight since this will be a fun time to break out. And there went one of the oracles of eight flying out of my hand off behind me. So I'm going to have to go pick that up and try again. And and wow. Um, so the way this works is that each dice gives its own number. And the number I got was 817, which is close to one of the highest numbers. And the guidebook to this says that a a reunion of relatives 
is an influence or a cause. Um, although the word that pops out yeah. to me is more mm-hmm. reunion. And so there is some kind of, I'm seeing that as being like a meeting, um, a check-in. And then, of course, there's also the idea of reunion being kind of like union. I mean, obviously, you guys have had sex at least once before because you have a child, and that's the minimum requirement to do that. Um, I'm assuming it's been more than that, but for sure, at least once. And so I see that as being um, part of this discord that you have between each other is that he has what he wants and you have where you are and there is a failure to really come together and see these things in a, where you're meeting each other. Mm-hmm. He's making demands that are getting unfulfilled. You're expressing either a reluctance to fulfill it or you're also expressing demands that you have need to be fulfilled and he's also not fulfilling them. So, you know, if he has this high sex drive and he wants to have sex, but you don't have a sex drive, you know, what's also making you want to turn down him from having sex and why that is? And Mm -hmm. if you could get this to meet and come together, then, you know, like to talk about it, work it out. You know, like Miss Cat says, seeing where he's coming from, but he also needs to see your side of the point of view. Um, And a lot of times it could be stuff where it's just like, you know, you have a child who has a lot of requirements. You're both older he's working, you're working, you have health issues, and certain things that are the pleasures of life make it pushed to the side because the necessities of life are taking up everybody's time and energy. And so, you know, sex is also a necessity, but a lot of people, they want to have sex when they're feeling they're also able to enjoy life. And you know, feel more of that pleasure, that pleasantness, that, you know, passing time without stress and having to focus on, oh, is this done? Is that done? Is this taken care of? Is that taken care of? You know, well, we need to get here at this time. You know, sort of the stress and strain and struggle of day-to-day life. It's, you know, putting that aside and just being able to enjoy and, kind of woo and um, court and be romantic and, you know, the little things like giving flowers, leaving a note with a card that says, I love you, that's thoughtful and not just jumping straight to, you know, let's have sex, let's, <laughs> let's, let's bump uglies, you know, and cut <laughs> out the middleman because, we just need to do this and then we can get on with having to live our lives and take care of things. And some people, just, they're not wired like that. And they need that kind of fulfillment before they want to do the physical stuff. And some people forget that. All right. 
um, I I think it's interesting that both of our readings kind of came to the same conclusion, even though we used two different dice oracles. And um, that says to me we have a, a better than average chance of being right. I always like it when, um, as the I Ching says, 20 pairs of tortoises cannot oppose it. In other words, when you keep on getting repeated similar or same answers. Um, so um, let's turn this over to Conjurman for some root work. And we've already had the kibitzers in the chat are already, I'm just going to tell this to Conjurman, the kibitzers in the chat are already recommending fire of love, peaceful home, healing, <laughs> and of course, and Miss Mike Hell says maybe even prosperity, um, and Chuparosa. <laughs> <laughs> so, go ahead. You There's go for it, Conjurman. Lots of, good, lots of good suggestions there. Yeah, I think you've gotten some fantastic readings here. Uh, mismatching libido can be tricky, but it's not impossible to overcome. But if you're not interested in sex at all, you, that can be even more difficult. And you might want to think about and have an honest conversation between you and your husband what marriage would look like for you going forward, right? If, if, if he wants sex and you want nothing to do with it at all. That that's a deeper conversation and may require more than just hormonal hormone replacement therapy, but like therapeutic work as well, because you need to know what your uh, sex wants and desires are, and what your relationship is being defined. And after all, asexual marriages do exist, but is that something that you want and he doesn't want? That's a conversation that needs to be had. Um, what another approach here? So there, there's conversational therapeutic. Component needs to be addressed, an honest conversation between the two of you, and that's going to require, you know, some type of, of marriage counselor or someone that can step in and really help the communication so that you he knows what he wants, you know what you want, and how you can meet in the middle there, but come to define the relationship in a healthy manner. And maybe the answer is that there is no compromise, but yeah, that conversation needs to be had at some point. But in the meantime, one be done and so that this can be part of the the conversation and process is to sort of balance the libidos and this is something that miss cat was gesturing towards uh i'm not i'm not particularly shy but i have a very full of approaching things uh just you know the the social decor i was growing growing up with so i'm going to rely on on cat who is a, a similar tourist like me, but speaks more bluntly to jump in uh, and interrupt me when she needs to. Um, but one of the things that I'm really going to, to, to emphasize here is finding this kind of balancing of libidos. And we've done this with clients before, Ms. Kat, uh, Brother Christopher. We all have done this type of work in which we sort of decrease the other person's libido and increase yours so that there is an agreeable level that matches both of your comforts, where both needs and comfort are being addressed. But again, that's only possible if you're thinking about like, okay, some level of sex is acceptable for me. But if you're at that stage where no sex is, is acceptable, then this may not necessarily be useful. And you need to consider what your comfort is and what you're going to define yourself sexually going forward, right? So what you can do is take, for example, a white penis candle, anoint it with healing oil, blessing oil, and Stay with me oil. If you want this marriage to survive, then you need to include that. Then you're going to dust it with snail shell powder. This is snail shells that have been grounded up into a powder. And then you're going to ring it with eggshell powder. So you're going to set the 
candle, anoint it, dust it with the snail shells, ring it with the eggshell powder, and then take his unwashed underwear and wrap it around this candle. Uh, wrap it around at some distance so that when the candle burns down, it doesn't burn his underwear. So you're not knotting it around the candle. You're just sort of placing it around the candle with the candle right in the middle. So be very careful. The candle itself should be on some type of heat-proof dish that you, you're going to burn it all down and you could put the ring of eggshell powder right onto that dish itself. You're going to burn this down over three days while praying to calm his sex. Once it's melted, take the mix of the eggshells and the snail shells and mix it with love me powder and stay with me powder. Sprinkle it under your bed. Then take the underwear, knot it, and dust that with love me and stay with me powder. Bury it with the wax in your backyard. For yourself, I want you to take a bath with Queen Elizabeth root bath crystals, love me bath crystals, while the moon increase, and throw out the used bath water from your front door. So you're working the front door and the back door here. Do the working for yourself while the moon is waxing and do the working for him while the moon is waning. And this way you can find some type of balance between the two of you. So for yourself, Queen Elizabeth Root, love me, mix together, bathe in this while the moon increases. I actually wouldn't recommend Fires of Love personally, but it's up to you, just because I don't want to bring in too much heat into this matter that seems like the tension isn't ideal. But I'm, I want instead to really focus on the romance components of this because sex, as Brother Christopher rightly points out, isn't just like, hey, we need, a, we need a fuck now. There needs to be an element of wooing even when you're 17, married, 17 years in. There needs to be an element of foreplay. There needs to be an element. I mean, foreplay is sex itself, right? And that's an important component of it that's often overlooked with the focus on intercourse. So I, I do want to emphasize more the romance than the heat. But let's see, we have like a few seconds if Brother Christopher and Miss Cat have anything further to add. All right. Brother Christopher, do you have anything to add? No. That spell sounds amazing. It's a, It's really interesting to me and slowing down someone's libido another thing that people use he used crab shell powder snail shells also would work there are cruel spells yeah you used eggshells instead yeah eggshells and snail shells but crab shells and you said crab shell also but you could use snail snail and egg snail and egg egg. okay well you could use also crab shell because crabs go backwards so um there are cruel spells with snail shell um that you know where you basically fry or bake the snail i do not like those but the snail powder snail shell powder can be purchased as a garden supply so can crab shell powder so can eggshell powder really good spell thank you so much um, Signe DC asks, it's the eclipse season. Does it matter? Waxing moon. Yeah, don't do a spell on an eclipse. That was, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, just wait till the eclipse is over. All right. Um, I guess we're going to um, come to the next straight from our queue. 202 area code, says Nagar Shiva. First, we have our sponsorship announcement, and support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. 
and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to today's second client. Our client is calling in as a spontaneous person from the queue. And they are our caller is uh, perhaps Natalie calling from area code 202. Client, are you there? Yes, I am. And it is me, Natalie. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, and just a quick question. Um, the, the thing that you're calling about, have you had any other readings on that? No. Okay, and c- if you could just give us a quick little um, three to four sentence explanation of what you're calling about. Uh, two quick sentences. Uh, I'd like to know, will I get married, and if so, when? Thank you so much, Natalie. Turning it over to you, Miss Kat. All right. Well, since um, Contra Man is not dice reading tonight and our show is dice reading, I'm just going to switch up me and Brother Christopher. And, and Contra Man, if it's okay with you, you can do the root work again because that last one was spectacular. Okay? I'm I'm more than happy to, though I have cast the chart if you all are interested. <laughs> so it's entire, I'm very flexible here. <laughs> well, we're, this is this is this is dice. So let's just go with the dice. Let's right. go with Brother Christopher first. And um, are you going to be using the Oracle of Eight again? Actually, I'm going to use the Quick Divination system that uses uh, four-sided dice. Four-sided um, dice. Okay. And how so many dice you have there? Three di- three four-sided dice. Okay. Great. All right. And shaking and testing. And the result that we got was earth, air, and air, which stands for Are you still there? There, there it is. Okay. Oh. Um, as we're li- ooh, so in relation to the first question about if you're going to get married, um, the quick divination says this is inauspicious. You should abandon this matter as soon as you can. So they're kind of saying that you should not be focused on getting married right now specifically, but also perhaps in a, in a larger context. Um, <clears throat> I tend to focus on, since you didn't give us an exact time, I'm going to say for at least the next three to six months, it's not really something that's going to happen. Um, and so you should not be worried, focused, thinking about that. It's not you're not going to meet somebody who is going to be a potential husband in this time frame, and you should not worry about it. Um, And in the time frame, 
Water, fire, and air. So based upon that, um, if the answer to that, uh, in terms of when will you get married, um, it sort of gives the direction that travel to another place and look for and look for something to help you along and details are important. So it's probably not going to happen where you are now. It's going to take some time. You might need to relocate from where you're currently located and living and move somewhere else. And you'll need to pay attention to the small cues of the people that you meet and the opportunities that present themselves to find that partner and to know when it is a good time to move forward to get married. And so it's definitely not something that's going to happen in the near future based upon that. Hmm. All right. Well, you know, we call them like we see them. And um, that's a a very, um, I think, um, J.D. said, uh, maybe need more water since it is lacking. And Signe D.C. said, well then, four-sided bluntness. Yeah, this is a very uh, blunt system. All right, well, yeah. I'm going to go with the with the British system of um, dice that is, again, the, the British dice reading system. So, um, Okay. Okay, so I have a a four, a two, and a two. That's eight spots. Eight spots is kind of toward the middle. It is not totally negative. It's not totally positive. Eight spots is an indicator that you haven't really thought the question through and that you are having difficulty because of this. So what this would mean to me with regard to marriage, not having thought it through, well, first of all, we know you have difficulty. But secondly, not thinking it through, um, asking should I get married before you have someone with whom you're having an intense, well-balanced, healthy relationship is putting the cart before the horse. And here, that would be what I would see as not having thought it through yet. Um, marriage doesn't just happen. And what I'm feeling here is that the difficulty you're having is because you haven't taken the steps to get where you need to go um, to be married soon. So I would go back to square one, if I were you, and start drawing in attractive prospective partners. And and I don't mean date everybody um, in the world, and I don't mean, you know, put yourself out on the street and pick up anybody. But I mean is get some more um, contact going on and then ask that question again later. Because you haven't thought, you have a wish, but you you have difficulty because you haven't um, made an analysis of the situation that is deep enough um, 
at the present time. Um, I would also want to say something here about what does it take to make that analysis? How do you say to yourself, is this the right question to ask right now? In in some of the larger sortilage systems like the I Ching, there are answers that say, don't ask this question. In the British Dice system, as I explained earlier, there are throws that say, wrong question, don't ask this question. With pendulums, there is too. I didn't exactly got, get that, that it's the wrong question, but I got kind of something shading into that, that um, you have to think it through first. So I don't know you. I've read for you before, but I'm going to put some some honest things on the line. Um, if you never get out of the house, you never meet anybody, then you never get married. If you have severe health problems that a partner would not want to engage, whether they are physical health problems, uh, mobility issues, mental health problems, um, that a partner would not want to be partially responsible for, don't think of marriage at this time. If you have um, anxiety disorder, social phobia, or anything like that, you're not going to get married. So what I don't know what's behind it all. There is some maybe some bad luck, but that's not being shown in this throwing of the dice. It's saying that you haven't planned it through yet. If you um, don't have a partner in sight, the first thing to do before asking about marriage is to ask about getting a partner in sight. So that's what I, I'm kind of getting from the dice that I read, and I I hope that makes sense to you. No intention to be rough, but I, I do feel that there's something missing here. Um, preliminaries are missing. Okay? So I'm going to um, turn this over to Conjurman and see um, what he has to say about a spell. Yeah, I have a, I have a working for you. I think you had some really great uh, readings here. I'm just going to briefly mention that when I threw the Rummel dice, uh, the, the figure of Bayad came up, which generally indicates that if love is going to come your way, it's going to come from long distance. So it might be a require you to either travel or this person is traveling from afar. So just be patient. Uh, I think in the meantime, the, the, there is a lot of work that can be done to address and overcome uh, the sort of circumstances you're currently in so that you can achieve a loving and fulfilling relationship. And whether that leads to marriage, uh, you might have to check in once that relationship appears again. Because right now, we're sure about this. So first, we need to manifest that love. And so what I want you to do is take a piece of paper and write down what you want from love. And it's got to be more than just, I want to get married. That's that's a great goal if that's what you want. But you've got to first get to that, as Ms. Kaya points out. You've got to first get to the place where you have a loving, healthy relationship before the marriage component comes in. So let's first focus on what love looks like to you, what a good, loving relationship looks like to you. Write that down. You know, I'm in a loving, fulfilling relationship with a gorgeous, handsome person who sexually excites me, who's financially generous, something along those lines. Make it very clear 
what it is you desire from this person who's honest and loyal and faithful and speaks truthfully to me. Whatever it is, make sure you're very clear in what you desire. Take this piece of paper and place it in the center of the table. Now, in that, what you've written down about your love, you should include a line that will eventually lead to marriage since that's your end goal. But for now, focus on the love component. Place this in the center of a table. It should be a small piece of paper. Some type of surface. You can use a cookie sheet if you'd like to kind of organize this all, but I would recommend that you set aside a dedicated space. You're going to take some come to me, love me, and stay with me powders, and you're going to mix them and then create a heart shape around this paper. So a nice big heart shape around the paper with the paper right in the center of it. Set that up. And then what I want you to do is take some violet leaves, rose petal, and lovage root, and brew this into a tea. Mix in a couple drops of come to me oil, and then bathe for three days while the moon is waxing. Let yourself air dry, gather the used bath water, and sprinkle it outside of your front door. So you can just sort of toss it out your front door to draw this person to your door. On the third day, I want, to, I want you to let yourself air dry and then go to your altar where you have your heart-shaped powders and the paper in the center. You're going to take three candles in candle holders, one white, one pink, and one red. Set this up inside the heart-shaped powder. So set it up inside. You're going to put the white one in the top left sort of corner, if you will, of the heart. You're going to put the pink one in the top right corner of the heart. And you're going to put the red one at the bottom point of the heart. So I hope you can sort of visualize that. So white in the top left, uh, pink in the top right, red in the bottom. You're going to take the white one and anoint it with come to me oil, put it in its candle holder, light, and pray. Calling out to this person from wherever you are, come to me, come to me, whether you are far or near, come I call to you. Then, as the candle gets low, you're then going to take the pink candle, and you're going to anoint that with love me oil, and then you're going to transfer the flame, as the flame gets low, from the white candle to the pink candle. And then you're going to continue to pray, letting that candle get low, low, low. As it gets low, you're then going to take the red candle, which is at the bottom point, anoint it with Stay with me oil and fires of love oil. You're going to set that up in the bottom point, track the flame as it gets low from the pink candle to the red candle, and let this burn down. So you're going to pray over the white candle wherever you are. Come to me. Then you're going to pray over the pink candle when the, tra- the flame has transferred. Oh, now that you have come to me, love me with all your heart and give yourself. And then when you pray over the red candle, you're going to pray. Stay with me in the fires of love and in passion. Once everything has been burned down, you're going to take the paper that you wrote, take a pinch of the powders, put it in the paper, fold this up, and place it underneath your bed between the box spring and the mattress so that they are drawn to you. Take all wax and bury it in your front yard along with the powders which you will blow some of it outside of your door, blow, letting it go out into the world, and the rest of it you will bury with the wax in your front yard. This will draw your lover to you. Once the lover has come to you, you must then do work 
to address the marriage component. You will do some marriage working and that we can address at a different time once this person has finally showed up to overcome sort of know if it's possible that we've gotten here. But this is how you draw a fulfilling love into your life. And then what you do with that love and how you transform it into something long-lasting or transforming it into something, some form of committed marriage, will require work all its own. But for now, focus on getting someone to come to you, someone to love you, and to someone to stay with you. You start with bathing work, move on to candle work, and with some disposal work at your front yard, disposing of the magic to keep it coming to your front door. That's what I recommend here. Let's see Christopher or if Miss Cat have anything further to add. That's a beautiful, beautiful uh, spell. And I love the way it uses the three candles. Um, I'm a big fan also of the white, pink, red candle mm-hmm. sequence. And I agree with you that it's premature to work on a marriage spell at this time. And um, so um, I agree with that one 100%. Um, how about you, Brother Christopher? Do you have anything to add to this? Uh, I can't think of anything to add other than to say I also really like the white-pink candle. That's my go-to color combination for mm. all types of love spells. Um with especially using white to just like get things going and, and to get yeah. started and and to have that beginning. And then, you know, with the pink to draw in that affection and um, care and kindness that really helps build a lasting relationship. Because a lot of mm-hmm. people just like to skip to the red and get to, <laughs> you know, the fiery, passionate, Love at first sight, limerent, you know, strong feelings without thinking about, you know, like caring about the other person uh, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I do just want to mention briefly again that to keep your mind open to anyone who might be coming from afar or there's some travel component here, because I do get a very strong sense of this person might at first, like, they might have just returned from a trip or they themselves might be an international person that now lives here. There's some travel component here that you should be mindful of and be open to. Yeah, and Brother Christopher said that too, that you might have to move to find that person. And I kind of got toward it a little bit too, that you might need to get out and about a little bit more. All right, well, thank you, Natalie, for the question. And I hope you were interested in the answers and we were able to help. Okay. All right. Uh, now we're going to get our uh, schedule announcement. LMC. You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Mystics, Mages, and Magical Places with Reverend Art and Reverend James, Mondays 4 to 5.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain in syndication 
Tuesdays, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Deborah Voigt. Tuesdays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. In syndication, Thursdays. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment from our special guest, Brother Christopher of runeworker.com in California. Take it away, Brother Christopher. Thank you. So the free spell that I have today is a mojo for good luck with dice through dreams. And to make this mojo, you're going to need a green bag, calendula petals, star anise, five-finger grass, a bottle of the special dice oil, and a bottle of Aunt Sally's Lucky Dream Oil. And into the green bag, you'll put some calendula petals, some star anise, and some five-finger grass. And you're also going to have to fish out the dice from that bottle of special dice oil and add that to the bag. And also add a few drops of that special dice oil on top of the herbs inside the bag. And then tie up the bag tightly and then feed this mojo with the Aunt Sally Lucky Dream Oil. And you take the mojo and you sleep on it. And when you have lucky dreams, that's the time that you should go play games of chance with dice because that's the time that you're more likely to win. But when you go to go play, take the mojo with you, anoint it with a special dice oil, and keep it in your right pocket while you play. And that's my free spell for today. Wow. Mm. And that uses some really old-time work. Um, Definitely five-finger grass if you're going to play dice because five-finger grass is good for all the things that you can do with your five fingers. Special dice oil is really, really an old formula. I think I mentioned before that it's a, it's a, it really goes back a long, long way. And Aunt Sally's Lucky Dream Oil, um, which also has sometimes been marketed as Aunt Sally's Beneficial Dream Oil, is um, an oil that we get almost uh, no people buying it because they don't get it. They don't understand who's Aunt Sally and why does Aunt Sally care about your dreams? But the most famous betting book for dreams was called Aunt Sally's Policy Player Dream Book for many, many years. And that dream book has a picture of Aunt Sally on it. And in the older version, she's a pretty aged black woman who's wearing a tignon or a headscarf. And she's holding a card that says on it, 41144. Well, by the 1940s, she was redrawn to be a little younger and uh, maybe more of a sort of a middle-aged woman. She still has a tignon on it. She still holds this card that says 4-11-44. And so 4-11-44 is a lucky um, lottery combination. If, if you um, dream of a lottery or dream of gambling, you're supposed to go out and bet 4-11-44. So it's reduplicative. So that's the story of Aunt Sally's Beneficial Dream Oil. It's an unusual oil. We make it, and I thought everyone would go, oh, wow, I love this old stuff. But most people go, who's Aunt Sally? (laughs) So so 
thank you, Brother Christopher, for bringing that one out of the deep, um, the deep uh, locker of time, as it were. Yeah, no, happy to. Yeah, that's a good one, and um, and I love Aunt Sally's Dream Oil, but mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people they, they just go, "What? I never heard of it." Well, it's we've been selling it since the 1990s. We're never going to stop, but it's a it's for the for the cognoscenti and the connoisseurs at this point. <laughs> so I love that uh, fishing those little dice out of the bottle, just in case you wanted to know how to do it. Turn the bottle upside down and let the little dice get into the neck, right? Um, and of course, you have to have your finger over the neck. You know what I'm saying, so it doesn't all pour out. Just jiggle it around till those little dice get down there. I know I've done it. Um, and then move your finger and let those dice come out. And put your finger back real fast. Do it over a little bowl or something, because you are going to drip a few drops of oil. All right. That was <laughs> that was my helpful hint. How about you, Conjurman? Do you have anything to add to this one? I don't have anything helpful to add. Only to say that I love this working, and I love that. Um, you know, we constantly have this theme that, that, that divination requires these sort of skills, right? These abilities. And we often think of like psychic skill and psychic insight, but we, we rarely talk about the fact that you can actually improve your skill in divination. You can become a better dice reader. You can be a better dice. Uh, you know, our card reader or soldier or whatever. There are ways of improving. And one of the cool things about Sortilage, and this is something that we should talk about, um, we, you know, Sortilage sort of gets dismissed, but one of the really cool aspects of it is that because it is associated with games more often than not, that luck products can help improve your divination with Sortilage. So you can use luck products, you can use, like, like you can use uh, good luck oil. You can use fast luck oil to improve your skills with dice reading. So I'm just going to throw that out there, that any sort of luck work can actually improve your sort of list skills. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and another thing about a lucky dream, um, a lucky dream could tell you when to bet. And yes. it's not it's not just like the lottery, let's go to, to an Aunt Sally's dream book and we're going to look up what it means if you you know, you know, dream a certain combination, but it, which you could do, but it also is about having a dream that says, you know, go play dice, go play the casino. If you dream about going to a casino and winning, you know, you should at least, if you can't afford to go to a casino that day, you should at least wake up from that dream and go buy a lottery ticket. A beneficial dream shows a wish that comes true. And if you are a gambler and like to play, and I'm not talking here about someone who's addicted to gambling and gambles away their life saving, dream of something that is lucky for you. Go and play. You'd be surprised how often you win. On the yeah. other hand, if if you dream um, a really negative dream, I wouldn't play on that day. So that's what Aunt Sally's is about. It tells you hold back. It tells you go on ahead by interpreting your dreams according to this very old 19th century um, dream book system. So thank you so much for bringing that up, Brother Christopher. Yeah, no, I love Aunt Sally's best. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Well, I hear the music playing in the distance down at Handy Park in Memphis, Tennessee. And that's the Memphis Jug Band. 
All right. Um, let's turn this over to um, Reverend James, and he's going to do our announcements, and then we'll come back and say a few words, and then we'll all collectively say goodbye. So take it away, Reverend James. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman, and thank you, Brother Christopher of RuneWorker.com in California for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week whenever we will have another fine guest. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Reverend James, joining you from faultconjure.com in North Carolina. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radio show dot html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at this same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Good night. All right. Thank you, Reverend James. Thank you, Brother Christopher, for being our guest. You're just a wonderful, educated, intelligent, and fun person. Come back more often. Thank you. I want to say shout-out to all the people in the chat. I didn't call you all by name, but there's a few few here that I have not seen before, like Healer Medium, um, Duck Northwest. Maybe I've seen Duck Northwest before. And all our regulars, um, thank you so much for coming on out. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night everyone. All right. We're gonna we're gonna um, let you know that we are done with our rebroadcast for the year. We will be here all the time from now on out. But I hope some of you caught those rebroadcasts and liked them. Also, I do want to say thank you to all of those who came out for our railroad show last Sunday. Uh, we had a wonderful time. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for the whole Lucky Mojo crew. We had beautiful food, and everyone did well. And I'm just really pleased with the way the shop is going these days. So thank you all. Good night. Good night, all. Bye-bye. <laughs>